good afternoon already. I wanted to have you on the podcast because you're an athlete performance optimization coach and you focus yes. on male health in general. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a very important topic to talk about because women and men are very specific and very different in, in everything in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So for the male listener, it's very important to apply the tips that you will receive today. And for the women, it's very important to make sure that you will tell your husband, man, f boyfriend, best friend, because it will benefit everybody. Uh, so how are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's actually my first podcast. So let's go. Let's go. I'm honored to have you on your first podcast. So we will have a great conversation today, I'm sure. Are you still in Portugal or not? Yes. So I'm currently living in Portugal. I will go back to Belgium in, I think, around 10 days. So it's currently 11. It's one hour earlier than in the Netherlands. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I made that mistake earlier with, with the movement coach. She was from Portugal as well. I was waiting for like an hour because we had a yeah, <laughs> miscommunication. Yeah. But you are living there permanently now or? Yes, for the coming year. We have a contract in our apartment for the coming year. So we will look if you want to live here, if you want to stay here. Mainly and, because mm -hmm. of the weather, of course, because the weather in Belgium, Netherlands is not that good. So we like a lot of sun, me and my girlfriend. So yeah. I can imagine, I can imagine. Well, that is something we should definitely talk about because that's also a big part of our health, of course. Did you already decide if you if it's going to be Portugal? Or? Currently, we're in the middle. We are near Nare. It's the biggest wave on earth. So it's nice here, but we, we are looking for like a community more and you can't really find this biohacking community here, so maybe we go to the Algarve and see if there are a lot more people are, that are like into health and all these other topics. So we will see. It's a bit like still a search for what the best place is to live. So, yeah. Interesting. I know a guy, uh, Jorn Bosma, you m might know him well from as well from Ikigaids. Mm, no. He uh, he's planning to. Uh, I, th I think I think Laura knows him. He uh, he's planning to move to Portugal. So maybe we can get to get connect. Get to yeah, yeah, For maybe sure. Sure. they are planning to build a community over there with and buy some portions of land with different type of people. So uh, maybe yeah, we were uh, actually considering something like that. We already met some people, and maybe in the future because it would be really nice to have like this community like people that are like-minded that are also against all the things like using pesticides and just sharing a land with fruits and animals and just sharing it's also much cheaper so mm -hmm. yeah yeah well i will i will dm them today so maybe we can make something happen how did you get into health in general I think like most people because of own health problems i had like skin issues and gut issues but it was not until I started looking into, I mean, I've been training all my life. I did judo, I did kickboxing, I did normal boxing, I did football for eight years. I went to the gym for already eight years and I keep going to the gym. And I started looking into what the diets were like, from example, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Steve Reeves. And they were eating so many things that are nowadays considered to be bad like eating a lot of eggs red meat raw milk a lot of fish and i was reading all this kind of stuff and i was thinking like okay but 
why are they promoting so much of the vegan stuff right now and all the other things like margarine and all these things with vegetable oils in there. And I started to change my diet and I lost eight kilos in three months without doing any cardio, without training more. I used to train six times a week. I went down to three times a week and I was leaner than ever before. And then I started reading, reading, reading. I had a job where I was able to still listen to podcasts. So out of the eight hours that I was at work, I was listening to six hours of podcasts every day for years. I was reading when I came home a lot of books, doing a lot of research on scientific topic topics and this brought me into the biohacking space. And then I met my girlfriend, Lara, aka Miss Biohacker. And that's how I got like really, really deep into the science. I learned a lot from her. I learned a lot from other people that are into the health space. And that's why I ended up making my men's health advice account. Nice. Well, it shows because you're a very lean guy. And I, what I found most interesting and also inspiring is that you promote training less mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people are promoting you have to go to the gym like it has to be a daily daily thing and i find it interesting that you have to do the le- that you are doing it less and i also find it confronting because i'm going to the gym not 6 days a week luckily but i was posting an instagram story the other day and then i remember that you were following me and i was like oh shit i'm working out inside (laughs) it we will touch on that later but what kind of health problems did you suffer from so mainly like digestive problems i think that's something a lot of people have and when you can't digest properly you can't detox properly and i had a lot of skin issues and that has also to do something with gut issues so it's mainly like an extension. It just shows up on your skin. I would use for, I think, five or six years every day creams because my skin was so, so dry. And now I don't use anything anymore. I just changed my diet, changed my workout routine, being more in the sun, respecting my sleep, circadian clock. And I don't have to use anything. And if I use something, it's beef tallow. So that's the closest to your skin oil. Or I use some olive oil and I avoid a lot of endocrine disruptors. And I believe that this or these things are the main cause of having gut issues. And especially overtraining can cause leaky gut. So I reduce my training to three, four times. I walk a lot. It doesn't mean that you can just lay on the couch and don't do anything. It just means that you should be more active like humans used to be. They don't go to work out in a gym under artificial blue light. They don't train in this modern world. We have so much stress already. We have the stress from working in an office job, sitting, nutrient deficiencies, and then going to the gym, all this extra stress from blue light, uh, all the endocrine disruptors, a poor functioning liver, gut issues and this will only contribute to increased cortisol levels and cortisol is catabolic so this will decrease your development of your muscles so it's better to train a bit less and just go more for walks spend time in nature and this this is basically how everyone should live yeah i believe so too nature already has everything in it Mm -hmm. and that's what i like about what you're telling right now is instead of doing more you started doing less Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, I find that very interesting. It, it comes down to, it, it will result in everything, right? And not only in your workouts, but also in for whoever is using skincare products <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and the the meals you take quality over quantity right yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah a, a lot of people i see a lot of people they text me on instagram or they ask me in real life okay what can i add to my diet which supplement can i take what can i do extra but i always tell them instead of adding things you can maybe take things away from your diet and then you will already improve that's why a lot of people do very well on a carnivore diet or even a vegan diet because they reduce the toxins that they ate before and then you can look into later if everything is right into supplementing certain things because supplements they're they're not bad i'm really not against supplements they're very good but if you don't get the basics right you there's no reason in trying or starting to supplement with all these expensive supplements that are made in labs yeah and and that's <clears> also <throat> very interesting what you're saying there is in labs and mm-hmm. uh, how i perceive your lifestyle is that you're exactly as much as possible outside and you're living like a modern day primal if i'm correct i try to i try to of course i have to still work quite a lot online probably more than than most people that's why i'm wearing these blue light blocking glasses because it's it's my it's my work you know posting on instagram and working with athletes and doing these kinds of calls but after this call i will will go outside in the sun i will read more i do my research most of the time outside i will go to the beach later today just to spend more time in nature because the more time you spend in nature the less supplements you need yeah, I, I can relate. And it's beautiful how nature is the answer to everything. When you it's it, you move to Portugal, it, it's not only because you like to be on the beach, right? What was one of the main reasons you moved there? First of all, because it's cheaper here and the quality of the food is most of the time it's better, especially fruits. You can just grab here some oranges from the garden and the sun. That's these were the main reasons because in Belgium we also have the sea, but we don't have the good weather. We have maybe three, four months in a year, good weather, and all the rest of the year it's like raining or cloudy or very cold. And of course, you can still go outside, outside, but you also should go outside. But it's still different than here having good weather for almost eight months because a lot of people in Belgium, the Netherlands, Germany, Norway, they have like this seasonal depression. They don't feel good. They have low vitamin D levels. And I think this plays a huge role in how you feel, how you perform, how you recover. Yeah, I think so too. What Imagine if you are not in Portugal, like me or some other listeners of this podcast. What what would be a good, not solution, but this, because the solution is moving to the sun, but mm. what would be some some advice you could give to people in the Netherlands or in Belgium to mm-hmm. to optimize to the circumstances? When I was in Belgium, I would train outside. Even in the winter, I would train barefoot in my garden with just some kettlebells. And even if it's like really cold, freezing, you just go outside. You can even take the advantage of taking like an ice bath outside because ice baths are really good for recovery also. 
I would not take ice baths after training because this re will reduce the inflammation and that's maybe good for recovery, but it's not good to build muscles. So you can just add ice baths before in the morning when you wake up to boost dopamine, to boost your alertness and just to wake up using red light devices in the morning when you don't have so much natural light and just going out in the morning, even if it's cloudy, the light still reaches your eye. Go out in the evening, try to see the sunrise when it's there. Even when it's cloudy, try to eat local and seasonal to have your circadian clock aligned. I think these are the main things to, to just follow because a lot of people also still work, of course. They work eight hours inside. So just spending as much time outside whenever possible and do a lot of grounding. When you can, when you live near the beach, go to the beach, go grounding with your bare feet in the cold water. That's, that's very good. We have a lot of cold water <laughs> here indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You touched on uh, red light. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for a lot of people, they are thinking when they are thinking of red light, infrared because of the, the because they have an injury injury or something. Could you explain the benefits of red light and why it's so important for us? Yeah. So the sun consists of more than forty percent of red light, but we have these red light bulbs that also mimic nature a bit. It's of course not the same but it can help with ATP production, so more energy. It can even help with testosterone production when you shine it on your testicles, so that's good for men. You can also increase your skin health with that, just mainly because it increases all the ATP and you need ATP for more recovery, for better energy, just for all these things. So that's the, the main reason why it works that well. But if it's it's quite expensive if you want a good one. So you can still get the morning sun and evening sun if you want red light. So you don't always need to buy this device instantly. Okay. And you said the sun provides red light? Yes. So 42%, 43% of the sun is red light. And that is throughout the whole day? Yeah, 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 correct. But the most red light you can find it in when the sun rises. That's why it has this yellowish, like red shine in the morning or in the evening. Ah, and does it has because it's a lot, lots of the time it's clouded in the Netherlands and also in Belgium. What is the benefit of? Does it still have the same benefits when it's clouded? Yes, 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 for sure. But the best is of course when the sun is out, but. It's, it still has its effects because it reaches through the, the clouds, of course. The light is much more strong. So, yeah, definitely go out in the morning, even when it's cloudy, even when you feel like, oh, I don't want to go out. Even 10 minutes is good to just align your circadian clock and to prime your hormones for the day, like, dope, like your neurotransmitters, also like dopamine, and rise your cortisol in the morning because a lot of people have this circadian mismatch and they have a lot of or high cortisol in, in the evening when, when they are like on their phones and they have low cortisol in the morning and then they can't wake up because you need cortisol. Cortisol is not the bad thing. Like a lot of people say it's not bad, but too much cortisol can lead to decreased muscle mass, decreased recovery and poor thyroid function, gut issues. But you need it just like how nature works just follow nature and it, it's that easy a lot of people try to overcomplicate health yeah 
Yeah, I I totally agree with that. When you say you have to, your cortisol has to has to peak in the morning. How does that feel? You just feel alert. You just feel awake because a lot of people they need their first coffee when they wake up, and that's because they feel more alert because of the cortisol increase. But when you get sunshine into your eyes, or even when it's like cloudy, like we spoke about before. This will help you wake up and feel more alert than 10 coffees. So, and coffee has this negative feedback loop also. And if you drink it after 2 p.m., it can also impact your sleep because it can stay in your blood for up to eight hours. So, of course, coffee is, is still good. But when you drink the wrong coffee, like with molds in there and these types of things, like sprayed with pesticides, it can cause more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah, there's sold a lot of garbage when it comes to coffee. Mm -hmm. And what I also learned from you and from Laura is that having an appetite in the morning is actually a good thing. And you should, yeah. And yeah. should answer that appetite in the morning. Yeah, a lot of people try to, to fast in the morning because you have now this intermittent fasting. And it's, it's not a bad thing, but we fast already in nature. When you eat, when the sun rises, until the sun sets, you basically already fast while you sleep. And let's say the sun sets now in the summer around 10 in the Netherlands. And you wake up at 7 in the morning or at 6 in the morning, you already fast for 8 hours. And that's enough. You can do some fasting once a month or so, like a dry fast or a water fast. But to fast, it, to fast on a, a consistent basis, this can like increase cortisol again. And like we said in the beginning, we already have so much stress because of work, because of blue light, because of nutrient deficiencies, because of liver liver problems. And when you don't eat in the morning, your cortisol will rise. And this basically means you have a circadian mismatch. Yeah, maybe we can, maybe you can describe the circadian mismatch. And we will touch on that on the circadian rhythm later on. But if you could describe it briefly for a second. Yeah, so we have, maybe we can already talk a bit about the circadian clock because I believe that this is one of the basics that you need to get right before you get your diet right. Of course, diet is very important, but when you don't align with nature's circadian clock, we have a clock in here. It's called the SEN, supercosmetic nucleus. And this, when we get light into our eyes, it primes the hormones for the day like i said before it makes you more alert it we basically have this this clock you don't have to wear a rolex or so to see the right time your body does it for you when you go outside but when you stay inside and when you for example skip breakfast you create this mismatch between what time of the day it is when you need to secrete your certain hormones and certain neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and when you wake up with your phone in your hand the blue light put you at noon and your body thinks okay why is it noon right now to to make it sound simple for people that's why you need to get the first light into your eyes to just set your whole day because this makes your whole day not taking coffee not doing that or that is just going outside and then you align your circadian clock and basically the clock inside your body yeah Again, beautiful how the how the body and nature mm -hmm. uh, align when you when you listen to it and you connect with nature, right? Exactly. So that is the circadian clock. You we talked about red light as a as a 
good advice to do here in the Netherlands where we definitely need more light. Yeah. Uh, I think Ryan Carden calls it supplementing light. I, I like the way he puts that. You said local food. What do you mean by that and what's the benefit of that? That's all. That has also to do with aligning your circadian clock because local food, when we look at food, it's basically stored biophotons. So photons are particles of light and the sun basically makes all the food on the planet. That's why eating lab-grown food like plant-based burgers doesn't make any sense because it doesn't have this like it doesn't have these photons in in their food is just made under artificial light and when you eat local and seasonal your body knows what time of the year it is for example in in winter you would eat more keto because there are not a lot of fruits around especially in the netherlands of course when you live near the equator there are a lot of more fruits but you don't have really the seasons that's why people near the equator like for example guatemala mexico they can eat more fruits than people in Europe can handle. But for example, right now I have a lot of oranges. So when I eat oranges now, I align my circadian clock, align my body with the food that is around. And in summer, we can eat more fruits. Like in Belgium, we have apples, berries. So these are things you can eat. But when you eat, for example, mangoes or bananas in the Netherlands, even in summer, it's not that big of an issue, but it's still not ideal because I mean, we we call it always biohacking, but I always say our great grandparents would call this living normal, and that's that's the issue. That's why I said we always try to complicate it. We have these healthy foods and these superfoods, but it's not because it's a superfood in Mexico, for example, that it's a superfood in the Netherlands. Yeah, indeed, and it's so funny. Recently, somebody asked me. Do you ever eat blueberries or a mango? And I was like, yeah, when the season is right, but not not well, maybe maybe now, but still, if it doesn't grow in my local area, I wouldn't eat it. And I I actually made a, a TikTok in uh, last year where I said that it is even arrogant to apply a diet because it says I'm gonna decide what I'm going to eat while nature decides what you should eat mm -hmm. i had a lot of backlash on that because of the vegans sorry vegans. Yeah. and in the local food in 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 biohacking i see a lot of people maybe it's my my bubble or my group of friends in biohacking but i also see you eat more meat-based or how do you say it animal-based or yeah animal-based yeah then it, it it has a more a tendency more to meat than to plants am i right i think laura is a big advocate for that yeah. so. <laughs> and how how does that work exactly yeah i mean we we do eat vegetables also but the primary primary source of our foods are just meats and and fish because we can get all the nutrients from plant-based foods even though the the vegans and veg vegetarians will probably say they can but they they miss out on a lot of very important and beneficial minerals and vitamins like vitamin A and not the beta-carotene that can be found in carrots, vitamin B12, other B vitamins, taurine, creatine, carnosine, these cannot be found in plant-based foods and they also have the anti-nutrients. It's not that big of an issue like a lot of people say in the alternative health space, but it's still an issue. So that's why you need to cook your foods better because they can 
block the absorption of important minerals such as zinc, magnesium, calcium. And zinc is very important for men, so that's why they need to eat more steak. Oysters, they are very high in zinc. Men also have a higher need of zinc than women. And this is very important for testosterone production and repair and just muscle growth and protein synthesis. So, All right. Well, yeah, I, I definitely love meat more than, than plants. So I, I'm happy to learn that from the biohacker industry, as long as it's grass-fed and local, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have red light, local food. And you touched on being outside, of course. I work inside, unfortunately. So I try to, as, as, as soon as I wake up, to go outside with my grounding sandals. But how many hours or what time do you spend outside? And what is, I know a minimum is difficult, but what would you recommend? As much as you can, but even if it's 10 minutes, it's better than nothing. But I would say a minimum of two hours a day to improve sleep, especially when you ground, just grounding. It's one of the basics. It's so important. So I think grounding should also be maybe not before diet, but it sh should be on the same line. Just grounding two hours a day will benefit a lot of people just by improving their sleep, improving or reducing cortisol, reducing stress. So inducing or increasing recovery is also very important. Just a lot of people ask me, okay, what's the best recovery hack? And I would say it's sleep and it's grounding because these two just repair your body so good. There are even studies when you ground or sleep grounded that improves sleep tremendously. And sleep is very important again for testosterone production, for growth hormone secretion, because these hormones are made primarily during your sleep so it's so important to sleep well and you can sleep well by seeing the sunrise seeing the sunset go grounding eat local and seasonal just these type of things will already help your sleep much better than any kind of supplement yeah i, I can imagine S sleep I, we should touch on uh, we will touch on hrv later on as well but recovering is that because I also saw that in your bio on Instagram? Is recovery your main pillar of when you treat men in their health? Yeah, I think that recovery is one of the most important things because when you recover better, you can train more, you can train harder. You because a lot of people, like I said, with the overtraining, it's basically like under recovery. It both has negative impacts on the body, and people just train for the sake of training, just like a rat that's running around in, in a circle, just moving, but not achieving anything. So recovery, I think it's so important, especially for high-performing athletes, for people that don't train that much. Of course, it's still important, but there are other things that, that they can focus on more. But for elite athletes, it's very important to focus on recovery, yes. Yeah, yeah, well... I have to learn to recover a bit more. I recently started doing uh, MMA again and I'm um, working out in the gym and it's, it's it's hard to combine because those leg kicks and the punches to the head while you're still sore from <laughs> from the gym last day. Yeah, it's it's, it's difficult, but uh, yeah, my HRV is improving slightly, so I still have some work to do. But when you talk about do you call it coaching or, or guiding? Uh, coaching, guiding, yeah. Athletes, what are the pillars you are trying to tackle when you are coaching an athlete or just a, a human being? Mm -hmm. 
There are many things that I try to optimize. So like I said, sleep is very important, aligning circadian clock, fixing nutrient deficiencies and just diet in general. Stress, reducing a lot of stress because people that already train a lot have already more stress in general. Using tools like grounding and other things to just reduce the stress to recover faster. These are the main topics, reducing endocrine disruptors. I just made a mini course about endocrine disruptors and endocrine disruptors are a big issue nowadays, especially not only for men, also for women, but especially for men, because these can mimic or block the hormones in our own body, like estrogen, they can mimic estrogen, or they can disrupt our thyroid function. And that's also something, like I said before, I try to first eliminate certain things in their lifestyle, and then we try to add things into their lifestyle that can work. All right. And when you talk about nutrient deficiency, do you test them or do you base it on their diet? I base it currently on their diet, but soon I will start doing a blood testing because I will launch also a group coaching course. And there we can see to implement some blood testing because with blood testing, you already know much more than just trying to guess, you know? Exactly. And I find it difficult to find there are so many tests these days so yeah well I, I will be happy looking forward to to your group program and when you talk about stress i mean we have there are good ways to have stress but what do you do to reduce the stress of your clients one of the ways we already spoke about is grounding for sure mm -hmm. fixing the nutrient deficiency so if someone was for example five years vegan they have a lot of nutrient deficiencies. You don't even need to do tests for that. Like, for example, heme iron, vitamin B12, taurine, creatine, and they all help with better oxygen supply. They help with better muscle building, testosterone production, growth hormone secretion, sleeping better. That's one of the main things to reduce stress. Then the endocrine disruptors are a big issue for the liver also, especially heavy metals. So... Helping to improve liver function is very important. Just spending a lot of time in, in nature, that will, it all comes back to, to nature. And then we can see to use certain biohacks or certain supplements like magnesium, creatine to help improve people's ability to recover or to perform better. Interesting. Interesting that it all falls down at, at some basic pillars in, in general, of course. I mean, your coaching will be specific tailored to to the athlete of course but i find it interesting that when you when we talk about health in general it is 80 percent is covered when you fall back on those basics and that's yeah that's what i love about health when you talk about male male health of course we have to talk about testosterone what are the functions of testosterone because i believe a lot of people think testosterone is why we slam our chests and get potent and we want to yeah what are the functions of testosterone there are many many functions of testosterone and a lot of people think it's like this macho thing but people actually with high testosterone are often more calm and when i'm talking about high testosterone it's not about injecting testosterone because that can give like this aggressiveness 
but people with high testosterone are often more calm and they can make decisions much better and it's important for sleep it's important for thyroid function it's important for bone development it has so many things it's important for muscle building then you have dht is dehydrotestosterone it's four to six times more potent than testosterone because testosterone can still be converted into estrogen because of the aromatase enzyme and DHT is the thing that a lot of people talk about when you lose hair. And it, it has a function in that in there, but it's not only the main reason. There are other things like non-native EMF that play a role, nutrient deficiencies again, poor liver function. So testosterone, it's very important, but it's not the only important hormone like a lot of people in the bro science talk about, like testosterone, testosterone, but there are other things like thyroid, insulin, IGF-1, growth hormone, insulin. So, Yeah, it, it most definitely has multiple layers, of course. When, what are some symptoms of a deficiency? Is, is that easy to, to describe or is that too complex? It could be a lot of people that are low in testosterone. They, testosterone works together also with dopamine. They can feel like unmotivated. They can have like fat development, a higher fat percentage and more estrogen dominant. They can be more feminine. They can have sleeping issues. They can have tired issues. It's it's really difficult to say like, okay, this one symptom can tell you that you're low testosterone, but you can often see it in people when they have, for example, already more fat, they probably lower in testosterone and higher in estrogen especially because of the endocrine disruptors that can increase estrogen in the body and make man or male more female. Ah, well, that's a problem these days, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read something, I don't know the statistics at the top of my dome, but the decline in testosterone these these days, what what was there, what were the statistics? I, I don't know the exact numbers, but... I know that it's around like 100 years ago that the people, the men that were 60 years old, so probably like our grandfather, 70 years old, 67 years old, they had the same testosterone as someone like me with high testosterone right now. But it's because of all the shit that we have around us these days, the, the, the food that is sprayed with pesticide. I was reading a study that atrazine, it's a pesticide used for plants and so that it turns male frogs into female frogs no way so, yeah <laughs> so you, you have all these kind of things and when i went to the doctor and when they measure your testosterone the highest thing they have is probably one of the lowest things they had 100 years ago because my range was way above their maximum but when you take an average of the people that walk around you can just look around on the streets a lot of people their body fat percentage of of men is maybe 20 percent they don't work out they they sit the whole day so of course the testosterone the average is very low wow do you know at the top of your dome what what a healthy level of testosterone is or is that difficult to say i would say around 800 grams per deciliter okay would let me be write that down i'm gonna minimum. test it this week <laughs> yeah i would say that's, that's minimum. healthy or oh this minimum yeah, I would say so for at least for people our age, like 24, 25, 26, under 30, I would say it's, yeah, it can get over 800 for sure. Interesting. 
if I go to the doctor, am I able to test my testosterone and see what levels it has, or is it just most of the time you can? But I think, for example, for people in the US, they will ask a lot of questions like, "Hey, you're such a young guy; you probably have good levels of testosterone. Why would you do that?" But I didn't have any problems in Belgium. They just asked me, "Why do you want to know?" And I just said, "I want to know because I want to read my my numbers." And they said, "Okay, no worries," and measure, measured it. And then you should also look for free testosterone. I don't know the exact numbers, mm -hmm. but free testosterone, you can see it as the unbound version of testosterone. And the unbound version, it travels basically, it can travel in your bloodstream and it can be used anywhere in your body. Uh -huh. So a lot of people talk about, oh, my testosterone is that high, but their free testosterone is maybe very low. And free testosterone is also very important, maybe even more important. Interesting. Yeah, I had the podcast with Joe Cohen, and he talked about it as well. His testosterone levels were <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> we're talking about supplements. That guy lives on supplements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I met him at the summit in uh, in London. I actually did the test from him, so I'm very curious to to see yeah. the results. Yeah. How long will it take? Five to eight weeks. Oh, that's quite long. Mm -hmm. But it's already a week or so ago. Yeah, a week or two. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be there, but uh, couldn't make it. Maybe next year. No, I definitely will be there next year. They, they uh, transferred my ticket, so. Uh, mm -hmm. And the Netherlands, there is in fifth, I think fifteenth of October. There is the summit in Amsterdam. I will be there. Yeah, yeah me too. Ah, yeah. nice. Good to see you in person. Yeah, yeah. Good to we see can you in person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So testosterone is a is a big one. I will definitely reach out to my doctor uh, this week to see how we're doing. I, I think, because context for the listener, I know Gatan from his girlfriend, Laura, and I did a course you both created, right? <coughs> yeah, correct, yeah. correct. And I check all the boxes of the of the things they told me to do, <laughs> but somehow my, my body stays in a stressed state. And I see that back in my aura ring because I track my sleep and I also track my heart rate and HRV and stuff. And my HRV is quite low, 50 or something. That's that's not good, at least not good. It's, it's relative, of course, but if you see the way I live, it should be higher. So I think, and that is a guess, that it, it's not as optimal as I want it to be. I mean, I'm I'm growing muscle in the gym and I'm recovering quite okay. But yeah, I don't know where I wanted to go with this story. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely going to test my testosterone. Very curious. Talking about movement, you work out less and you still grow muscle. Mm -hmm. How many times would you recommend? Depends. If you're an elite athlete, you probably need to train six times because you just need to, you know. Yeah. But if you're just like a regular man that's not a high-performing athlete, I would say it also depends what kind of sport you do. You know, when you're a footballer, three times a week, I would say is enough. When you're an MMA fighter and you're just doing it as a hobby, three times a week. And I would even avoid like sparring because of the head injuries and the head concussions. But when you go to the gym, I would say three, four times a week is more than enough. Just make sure that you don't lay on the couch like a bag of potato and just go for a lot of walks. Get minimum 10k steps a day. And this will make you already much more lean, especially when your diet is very clean. 
three to four times a week. It's more than enough. It's really more than enough. So I still can get muscle growth when I go to the gym like two times a week. I train full body when I go. Is, is that all right? Two times a week, I think you will maintain your muscle, maybe build a bit. It also depends. Have you been training for 10 years? Then you probably would two times a week is not enough. Then I would opt for four times a week. But when you just start out two times a week can be fine. But I would maybe choose three to four times really if you want to see the best improvements, but not more than four times a week. Interesting. Yeah, it's hard to combine all, all those MMA and, and strength training. But okay, when I'm going to the gym, what, what would you recommend I would do? Depends what your goal is. But if you want to increase, for example, testosterone, I would use compound exercises like deadlifts, bench press, squats. But if you really want to grow muscles, then probably isolated exercises are better because these target the muscles in a better way. And using cables also are maybe better than loose weights. But again, then you have something functional. If, do you want to be functional or do you want to be a bodybuilder? So when you train like a bodybuilder, you will dehydrate the fascia in your in your body. So when people ask me, okay, what's what's the best thing to work out? I would just tell them, just go outside, buy some kettlebells, some weights, and just do some functional movements in your garden, grounded, under natural light. That's much better than in the gym, under artificial blue light. This depletes dopamine. It dehydrates the fascia. And it makes you more restrictive and this can result in problems over many, many years. Interesting. Yeah, it's difficult because I want to train outside, but you train with a kettlebell, right? Yeah. I mean, right now in Portugal, I don't have the option. So I'm not, I have to go to the gym, but I go maybe two times a week also because I don't have that much time. But when I go to the gym, I just do a lot of compound exercises and just full body. I do bench press, squats, deadlifts pull-ups just th these types of things and i don't really grow muscle at the moment because i've been training for eight years and i used to train much more but i also just go to the beach because the beach almost has the same effects as going to the gym mm. yeah. lovely yeah i would happily switch those <laughs> if i had the portugal beach to my in my in my proximity but mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately we do not I live in the city center of amsterdam so It's not a good environment for my health, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that could be one of the reasons why your aura score is still so bad, you know, even though you you eat healthy and you do these things because you're surrounded by non-native EMF. And I mean, I actually did a few tests a few days ago with a friend, Gabriel, and he has all the devices to measure non-native EMF. And what we saw, it's crazy. He has over 7,000 euros in device, so it's not just... A, cheap device that you know you can't see any measurements but even from the power lines it has such a big effect and a lot of people they always say okay but i eat healthy i sleep i sleep well i work out i i run i i do this i do that but they they stay in the city and when you stay in the city you're ba basically being fried with non-native emfs like 4g 5g wi-fi People sleep with their Wi-Fi on, people sleep with their phones next to their head, plugged into the wall, the dirty electricity can people, it can make people wake up with brain fog, it can increase calcium in their cell and it can basically make the cell function less good 
And when you have a cell dysfunction, you can't make enough ATP and you can't make enough energy. So this can have, of course, a big impact, even if, even though you eat healthy, like you said. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to move outside of the city so badly, but yeah, it's it's hard yet. I will definitely do that within a few years for my for my work. At this moment, it's hard, but luckily at, at the I saw at the Biker Summit last year there was some I believe Robert, it's a German guy, Robert Kral. I'm not very good with my German, but he had some some box that neutralizes non-native emf i think that's that would be a good up op- good option for for my I, I think i met him i'm not sure but i think we're speaking about the same guy i think i met him in london and yeah. yes it it can it can minimize or it can like break down break down and spread the the particles of or the waves from the emf but it's still not the solution it can help a bit but it's still not a solution. It's the same like with magnesium. It can also help protect a bit against negative effects from EMF and these things. But it will not solve the solution of being 24-7 surrounded by these EMFs. No, I agree. We are constantly attacked by by everything, all the pollution in electricity, but also in, in yeah, the air is also not very good here in in the city center. We touched on HRV earlier. Could you describe that in a way for people that are not familiar with HRV? HRV, it's not really my expertise, but I would say that it's like when your heart beats, the time between is your HRV. So that's the the most easy to explain. And the higher this, the better it is for your health. So 50 is quite low i would say around 100 is already much better but that's almost double but to improve that you you just have to improve your lifestyle and for example emf can also have this negative impact on your hrv yeah it it is a metric i was not familiar with until a couple of years ago but from what i understand it is a metric that represents your it, it shows you how your nervous system is working right mm-hmm. or sw- how flexible your nervous system mm-hmm. is right and uh, in my case to apply it to myself it's easier for the listener it's when uh, my body is constantly in a stress state it is not able to switch between relaxing and being active or being in a stress state so that's why the flexibility is low but like Gaetan said, it, it is, yeah, multiple factors are affecting that, that my stress, such as mental stress, but also the pollution in the city and the non-native EMF. So it's worth looking at, Auroring. I, I recommend it. I'm not sure if you're using it. I'm not using any tools no. to, to measure. Okay. I mean, I, I'm sure it's it's good. Lara has one, but... I mean, I, I don't need to wear it to see how how good or it would be interesting to see like one or two weeks, but I don't want to wa- to wear any electronic devices, even though it's probably very low in non-native EMF. But I just try to follow a nature-based lifestyle, so to say. So I don't use any gadgets except from a red light device. And for athletes, I recommend some devices, but I'm not a high-performing athlete, so I don't need these special devices. I'm also living much more in nature than 
or spending much more in nature and in the sun than a lot of people do so yeah yeah i agree that's eventually the body gives you all the answers Mm -hmm. and i also recommend indeed what you're saying is using it for two weeks just like with the constant glucose monitor you don't have to wear it all year round if you do like two weeks the problem with that is also a lot of people are aware of the foods that can increase glucose but it's the same like with lab tests a lot of tests and scientific studies are done under artificial blue light but what they forget to mention is that artificial blue light can spike blood glucose without eating anything so even when you don't eat anything your blood glucose can still rise when you're under artificial blue light so that's why these tests and these things of course they can help and they can help a lot but they're not like 100% oh that's that's it that's the shit you know wow it's sometimes it's so difficult when you gain more knowledge about health and what impacts your health it's just like god damn what what can i still do to yeah. uh, to live a healthy life without taking all those precautions but i think it's good to to yeah to at least know what's happening when you do x y or z so that you can make a deliberate decision in in the things you you do on a daily basis to that might affect your health they probably do so okay we have red light local food being outside grounding of course i think what is the main effect of grounding it provides free electron free electrons so you can get electrons from food but you can also get it from nature so from grounding and this will reduce inflammation and when you reduce inflammation this will help you recover better sleep better and the best way to ground is to go with your feet near the ocean just in the wet sand because we have these sweat glands on our hands and on our feet and the sweat sweat is mainly made out of water and sodium chloride and this is a very good conductor so this would be the best way to ground that's why for example when you wear leather soles they're not like grounding shoes but they can still help you ground because of the sweat glands because of the sodium chloride when you walk for example in wet grass uh-huh. so my grounding sandals would will make me look like an idiot by the way but they are still beneficial yeah they're very good they're very good nice how many minutes per day would you recommend minimum two hours not minutes minimum two hours when you want when you really want the benefits of course but like i said in the beginning 10 minutes is better than than nothing than than nothing yeah i agree okay so we have grounding stress is also a big big factor indeed movement testosterone maybe maybe another topic to to dive into is like the vegetable oils it's also a big issue and even i don't know if you have doctors on your podcast but mainly the the alternative health space already knows about the the toxic effects of these vegetable oils but a lot of regular people so to call them or people that are not into biohacking or just alternative health still think that vegetable oils are healthy especially for example the regular doctors my parents went to the doctor and they had some problems the same with my grandmother they went to the doctor and the doctor advised her to eat margarine and these hard 
healthy vegetable oils, but they also has been, have been shown to disrupt thyroid function, lower testosterone, especially the omega-6 fatty acids. So they, they're found in 99% of the foods you can buy in a store. So every time when you buy a food that requires ingredients, you will probably find rapeseed oil, sunflower oil, and these kinds of oils. And when people would already avoid that, they would probably lose weight or lose fat. They would feel already much better because it can be stored, stored up to four years in your fat. So when you lose fat, it's also much better. That's, for example, one of the, the things that can help you burn these kind of vegetable oils, especially vitamin E can also help because it can prevent the oxidation of these polyunsaturated fatty acids. So I think that's also a big issue that people should be aware of these vegetable and seed oils. Very important indeed. What are some uh, practical alternatives for for us in the Netherlands or any or anywhere else where you don't have coconut oil? Animal-based fats like beef tallow, it's very good. Pork fat, if it's from a good source, because the, the toxins, like I said, get stored into the fat. So pork is, is a very fatty animal. So it stores its toxins in its fat. So when you eat pork, pork can be good, but it can also be inflammatory due to the things the pork gets fat. So for example, like grains that are sprayed with pesticides like glyphosate and fat with vegetable oils, they try to fatten pigs with coconut oil and actually the opposite happens. It lost weight. So that's why probably a lot of people nowadays, they eat a regular diet high in, in these omega-6 fatty acids and they just don't feel good. For example, my grandmother, she she's 75 right now and I told her to change her diet only one year ago and the doctor gave her like, oh, it's whole grains and this and that. And she followed my protocol together with Laura's protocol and she lost six kilos in less than two months. So, and before she could never lose weight. So wow. just to, to show you how important this is. And the same happened with me. I would choose to eat like these protein bars, but they're high in sunflower oil or other crap that's in there, like soy that makes a man more estrogen dominant. So soy is also something to, to consider for men. Don't eat soy based foods or Soy milk, don't drink that. That's what they call uh, us men these days, soy boys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a compliment. There's a difference in the fermented soy from in Asia. Yeah. They, they eat it differently, right? Yeah, the fermented soy is not that estrogenic or not estrogenic at all. It tastes better as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sorry. There, there is also a problem or... Something to to think about is that, for example, I was reading a study that people in Asia can, of course, digest certain things like soy better than Europeans because of their genes. So that's why it's even more important to, to eat local and seasonal. Yeah, it makes so much sense. It's so logical mm -hmm. when you think about it, that just eat what grows next door, for example. <laughs> it's... Yeah, if you just go to the farmer near your near your home, I have a farmer in Belgium, five minutes from, from my house, from my home, and I can get raw milk there. And raw milk is very beneficial when it's from a good source for, for men and women. Yeah. Goat milk would be even better, but I couldn't find goat milk because it's very similar to the, the milk from, from the mothers in humans. Mm -hmm. So goat milk would be the best. 
and I could get raw butter there. I could get my meat grass fed 365 days of the year. It's on the field under the sun. It's not, they're not using any pesticides, no hormones, no, no antibiotics. Even here in Portugal, I order from a place. It's a bit more expensive, but it's worth it for me. Otherwise, you just buy food that's filled with antibiotics and hormones and grain fat sprayed with pesticides. And this will cause more harm than good, even though you eat meat. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, you pay the price if you do not pay the price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so definitely reduce or even cut all those crap out. I think that's, that's really important. I, I, it made me think of something Haaland said. Of non, They said about him that Haaland used or had a Hannibal diet. <laughs> and when he explained it, it was like he's just a biohacker. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of like the journalists that interview him, they, they laugh when he, for example, shows them that he eats heart or liver, but they're just ignorant because humans used to eat that for thousands of years and it's full of nutrients. And a lot of, even in the football field, there's a lot of money and there are billions of, of euros or dollars, but they still get so many injuries because they let people work out under artificial blue light in the gym, they still promote eating pasta as a carb source, which is really bad. They they tell people, footballers and MMA fighters, boxers, to eat still grains just in general, and they contain a lot of anti-nutrients that absorb these minerals that men need, like zinc. So it's a better carb source would be like raw milk. And you would think, huh, raw milk is a carb source. Yes, it has a lot of carbs in there, beneficial vitamins, minerals, amino acids. Another carb source could be potatoes when they're cooked very well, sweet potatoes or white rice and fruits, of course, and honey. Good to know. Very good to know. And the raw milk, I drink it in the morning on an empty stomach. Is that recommended? Yeah, I think whenever you want, you can drink some raw milk. I would just not drink it too close to food because it's very alkaline and it can reduce your stomach acid and then it can prevent or, yeah, it can prevent the digestion of your food. Mm, good to know. Yeah, it feels like very, because it also has proteins and fats, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to to consume so when i wake up i do my morning walk of 15 minutes and then i drink some raw milk and then i take a shower and stuff but yeah it's it's really easy and i do not want to eat mainly carbs as my breakfast so that's why i do do that and i even mix it with some yeah i don't know the english word for for it but some fermented starch resistant starch mm -hmm. of some sort i combine it but yeah very very important so when when people want to work with you can they just just reach out to you yeah they can just reach out on instagram men's health advice they can just send me a message they can respond to a story they can yeah just give me a message and i respond in less than 24 hours great what are your goals for the near in, in the near future for like for example this and next year so I'm currently working on this group coaching course, but honestly, I want to go away from Instagram and not in the near future because I will need to keep posting. 
because I just started out with this Instagram only half a year ago. I mean, I've been into it for way longer, but only this Instagram I started six months ago or seven months. But my goal for the future is actually to go work with football teams and other athletes and just to go there in, in real life and just to teach them about the basics. Because like I said, they still promote carb sources like bread and so. So I first want to get the basics right. And then when people want to work really want to one with me, we can look into different things like certain supplements that can improve recovery or help speed up recovery or increase energy. But my my main goal is really to bring awareness to a lot of men between 18 and 35, I would say, these athletes, just to help them just perform better and live a healthier lifestyle. Because when they know better, their friends will do better, their children do, will do better, their wives will do better. And this way we can just create a more healthy lifestyle for a lot of people. I think that's a great mission. And it's also a nice group of people you want to help, athletes. Mm. It's it's like the gladiators of our times, right? Yeah. So if you can improve them a little bit, or maybe more than a little bit, probably more than a little bit, then it it, it will pay off instantly because their performance will, and it's, just, it's a nice gratification, I can imagine. Okay, I think we touched on a lot of very practical tips for the audience, for the male audience and women refer this to your friend or whoever in your environment. Yeah, I think we touched on a lot of practical tips. That's how we like it, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. we just we just want to know what we have to do and we want to get stronger. So I think if you listen carefully and you apply this it's it's not hard. It's it's really logical stuff. Go outside, work, <laughs> eat stuff that's that you get from your local farmer, and I think your life will significantly improve. Maybe something for the listener: they should not obsess about these things because I I have friends and people that I know that start to go into the biohacking field and. Like we, like you said before, it's like, oh shit, what can I still do? Because everything is like toxic, everything is harmful, but you should just act on the things that you already know. And over time, you just improve it, improve it, improve it. Especially, for example, these endocrine disruptors and these vegetable oils, these are just things that you can just avoid only by avoiding them and switching to other more healthy things will already improve. And just then, like you said, just spend time in nature. And this will improve your life so much more. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Do not make it the end goal. Just make it something you do in connection with nature. And then the rest will flow itself. Mm -hmm. Where can people find you? Only on Instagram at the moment. Men's Health Advice. That's the only place I'm currently available. Perfect. The perfect way to connect with people. And... You talked about a group and you also have a, what was it? A handbook for? Yeah, it's a, it's a mini course. It's a mini course that's one hour long. So it's not that long, but it's very practical. I explain what endocrine disruptors are, what the effects are. And I give around, I think, 60 tips, practical tips to avoid them, what to use instead and how you can mitigate these risks, how you can protect yourself. So it's very short. It's also not expensive. It's 27 euros, but it will give you probably more actionable steps than any book on the market about these endocrine disruptors. So 
because I had these problems myself and I can just provide this as a help for other people. Well, Ketan, I'm very happy that you are so passionate about sharing your knowledge. I think it's very important for people to know, to apply and to spread the message. So find him on, find him on Instagram, buy everything he's selling and I'm sure your life will massively improve. Ketan, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for having me on. My pleasure. And until next time, and I will see you in October. See you. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Buddy.